With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Free agency, the NFL draft, and nightmares about the new Jets uniforms on the Jets All The Way podcast. I think we got a heck of a shot of winning. We beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. Yes, Namath is on the hot seat. Most of the pressure is on him. He has said that the Jets are going to win. He doesn't even predict it. He says, I guarantee a Jet victory. Attitude is a whole lot in life. And I had a terrific attitude about that game. I know we're going to win. I have that attitude. I feel that way. And it's not overconfidence thing. It's football sense. Talking about guaranteeing we're going to win. Yeah, that's right. That's the way we felt. The game is over. The New York Jets are the world champions. They have upset the Baltimore Colts and beat them handily here today. Welcome to Jets All The Way with Mags and Sabo, part of Elite Sports Radio. Everybody, it's second down here on the Jets All The Way podcast. I'm Jeff Magliacetti of EliteSportsNewYork.com. Here with you for a second edition of, once again, the Jets All The Way podcast. We'd like to thank you for tuning in for our first episode. Thank you for all the support. We really looking forward look forward to getting you guys involved further in this, the further we go along with the show. I, of course, am Jeff Magliacetti. You can follow me at JeffMags5490 on Twitter. That's G-E-O-F-F-M-A-G-S. Yes, the famous G-off spelling. And I'm here today with my co-host and editor, Rob Sabo. Rob, how you doing today? How you feeling about the team? Um, pretty good. Pretty good. I mean, the draft will mean everything. Mm-hmm. So pretty good right now. Now, one thing I think we could discuss today, you know, there's tons of 
hype. There's tons of discussion about two certain <clears throat> agents the Jets have landed. And it's great to land this name brand talent like this in terms of Le'Veon Bell, in terms of C.J. Mosley. But let's face it, the Jets had a lot of money to spend this offseason, and it went far beyond that cup, those couple of guys. It, it really did. Crowder, you know, coming out of the slot. I wrote something this morning about specific roles, not just for tight ends. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you need that vertical threat tight end. You need that blocking tight end. You probably need two blocking tight ends, in fact, for Adam Gase's offense, who doesn't carry a fullback. Mm -hmm. uh, they they snagged Crowder, who's going to do a lot of jet sweep stuff out of the slot. He's that X factor on offense. Um, so, yeah, it, it does go really it, much deeper. Uh, would have much rather, as the negative person I am, would have much rather have that offensive line talent in there and at least one edge. But yeah, they they sprinkled it around. Yeah, you're absolutely right about the uh, Adam Gase offenses containing blocking tight ends. And that I think we really saw that on display last season in Miami because they did draft Mike Kosicki out of Penn State, but they also brought in Nick O'Leary and Durham Smythe, who are mostly used in blocking capacities down there. So that's interesting. And the Jets this week did re did announce the re-signing. The re-signing, it's, it's always so weird you have to do that during the offseason. It's heck for us as journalists, you know, with with the difference between re-signing and resigning. It's crazy out there, but it's good work, and we like and we love doing it. But in terms of what the Jets did this week, they brought in tight end Neil Sterling, who, you know, made his, who's primarily been a blogging tight end, 12 receptions thus far over two years as well. And they also brought back Eric Tomlinson, I believe that signing being announced next, last week. So the Jets are trying to get, you know, kind of bulky a little bit in a way without, you know, adding offensive linemen. Uh, linemen of which have been very much at a premium so far during this offseason. So I think that's a very interesting strategy for them going forward. And it's interesting that you mentioned Crowder because during a conference call a couple weeks ago, Crowder was talking about he had really done his homework. I believe we were talking a little bit about it last week, you know, dedicating a little bit of time to Channing Crowder and the rest of the Jet signings. One thing that he talked about, I got to tell you, if this kid, if this whole slot receiver thing, NFL slot receiver thing wasn't working out, for Jamison Crowder, he'd make a fantastic scout because he had really done his homework on this team. He was comparing uh, Robbie Anderson and Quincy Inunua to the two receivers he worked with over in Washington, Deshaun, Jack <clears throat> excuse me, Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon. So he was doing a really good job there. And he had really done his homework on the Adam Gase offense and really became inspired by what Albert Wilson wasn't able to accomplish in Miami. So this kid I really think could uh, really be a key factor in this Jets offense, a reliable target for Sam Darnold. But tell him what else you wrote in the article is today. Well, if you look at the offense, mm -hmm. you, we have Robbie Anderson, Quincy Nunwa, Crowder, and then probably Deontay Burnett as the number four guy right now. He was recently signed to a, I believe it was some sort of futures contract, futures reserve contract. Yes. Yeah. It, um, it, and, in that setup, Robbie Anderson is the straight line burner. Yes. Anunwa is their only possession guy. He's their only. Anderson's like 6'3, I think, six, at least 6'2, but he's not, he doesn't have the hips. He's not elusive. He's just that straight line burner. He's not that underneath threat. Anunwa is that guy. Mm -hmm. So if Anunwa goes down like he has in the past, they will be in trouble. They need another possession guy. 
They definitely do. They definitely do. I mean, let's face it, that that receiving help, it's not exactly, you know, a team of world beaters out there. This isn't, you know, having Keyshawn Johnson and Wayne Corbett on the same team out there. Now, don't get me wrong. These guys have been very serviceable for what they've been. They've done a solid job out there. Quincy Nunway, you can't say enough about what a great story he's been. And Darnold also developed some great chemistry with his rookie tight end last season, Chris Herndon. But you right. know what? A good quarterback, you know, can offset some not-so-flashy receiver talent. I mean, look what Tom Brady's been able to do with some, you know, names you normally wouldn't see succeeding over in New England. I mean, I think the greatest example of that, what Tom Brady was able to do, was with uh, Dion Branch, if you'll recall him. He won the Super Bowl 39 MVP, and then he let he departed, went to Seattle, and was pretty much never heard from again until he returned to New England. But I think Darnold can really help make these guys better. They've done a solid job out there so far. I do think they need to add someone else. Could it involve, excuse me, could it involve getting, you know, Hakeem Butler in the draft out of Iowa State? That's certainly a possibility. Could involve a trade of some sort. Who knows who's out there? But you know what? I definitely think the Jets have done a solid job on this. They're satisfied right now. But moving forward, they need to add more of a playmaking receiver, I believe, as you said. And by the way, Robbie Anderson stands at 6'3", so that's pretty good there. 6'3"? Okay. Yeah. Decent guess. Yeah, see, I think I think it's it's a fine collection for now. Um, it, the number one possession receiver is a must uh, moving forward for a future sort of role. Right now, they can get by. It's plenty of talent with Le'Veon Bell, with Herndon. Oh, uh, I mean, with Bell, that opens the offense up on both the ground and through the air. I think the biggest question is, is he going to get the correct blocking? That's the question. And McGuire, too. Listen, McGuire, Bell as that as that big beast, as the number one guy, and McGuire as the third down change of pace back. See, that's the thing. It's not just two running backs. It's not just four receivers. Right. Each, It's not just four tight ends. Each guy has its specific role in the offense, and that's what's so key oh, underneath the three-man depth chart. Yes, you're absolutely right about that. And I wonder, it's going to be interesting because Isaiah Crowell is released. In fact, he recently got picked up by the Raiders. I wonder if the Jets are going to add another running back to compete with McGuire and with Trenton Cannon last year's sixth round pick. And I, I say it every time. <clears throat> there are no better name for a running back who plays in the state of New Jersey than Trenton Cannon. That's amazing. But I digress. <laughs> it, it's a great, it's a great name. Oh, it sounds like and- and it, it's, a, it's what's funny about Cannon is at the end of last year, when Bates started figuring it out and figuring out the jet sweep could be sprinkled in, he started using Cannon in that role, in that yeah. wide receiver jet sweep role. So if you think about it, Cannon's almost Crowder's backup in the offense. Wow. He's that X factor backup where he'll run jet sweeps. He'll, he'll line up in the slot. So if you consider Cannon in that role, you got your receivers, you got your Anunwa, you got your Robbie Anderson, you got your Burnett, you got your Peak. Then you got Crowder, Cannon. Obviously, Cannon's not a true slot man, but he's that X-factor type. At running back, you got McGuire, you got Le'Veon Bell, McGuire. Perhaps that third short yardage goal line back could be used when Bell's, you know, Bell needs a blow. Yes. That's pretty much the only extra... A, a, a specific position that I could see them needing other than O-line right now. Well, I think the other thing, and I think we'll get to the O-line in a second, but obviously I'm very biased here. You know, be, part of my background, for those of you who don't know, is I used to be a long snapper in both high school and college. High school over at Don Bosco Prep, college over at Marist. And uh, I'm biased here, but I'm really concerned a little bit about 
the Jets special teams. And I know in the grand scheme of things, it's kind of it, it's grand scheme of things. It's kind of, you know, it feels minute to worry about. But this could be a deciding factor on this team, especially because two of their special teamers that they both lost were two of their three pro bowlers last year. Jason Myers, of course, is over in Seattle now. Andre Roberts is gone and things did not seem to be an amicable de- amicable departure over there. They brought back Chandler Catanzaro, who has struggled since leaving the Jets. And that's one thing you could say about the Jets. They've been very lucky in terms of who they've had at kickers, kickers who seem to fall off the face of the earth once they leave New York. I mean, you have you had Myers. He wasn't doing much before he got here, but wound up having a strong Pro Bowl season. So who knows what will happen in Seattle. I think he could probably keep things up over there. But you also have guys like Nick Folkett. He was very decent for the Jets, you know, had some game-winning field goals in his day, and then, you know, fell off the face of the earth in Tampa Bay, and now he's kicking in the Alliance of American Football. Another guy was Catanzaro. He would, his most famous kickover in Arizona is probably when he missed that 25-yarder to in that Sunday night tie against the Seattle Seahawks a couple years back. So I think this is going to be interesting, and they're left with a huge void of kick returner right now. Andre Roberts was the type of guy who was a strong locker room leader. I mean, he was I, I have a great picture from the Jets locker room when when I was going there this season. There's a great picture of him. He was the first one to hug Quincy and Nunwa shortly after Nunwa signed his long contract. And he was a bit of a veteran leader of sorts back there. He always set the Jets up in some good field position, and he is a valuable guy to have. Now, look, I know kickoffs are kind of, you know, they're an endangered species in today's football. I mean, the aforementioned AAF, they don't even do kickoffs in that league anymore. But still, when you have a valuable weapon like that, why would you let him <laughs> for nothing? And why would you know, for lack of a better term, tick him off on the way out the door? So I think that might be a concern for the Jets moving forward. Yeah. Long snapper. Are you even human? <laughs> I mean, I played safety, but, you know, you, we could have lunch from time to time, I guess. You oh, know. We, I would sit on the defensive paintings from time to time, so yeah. No, it, no, seriously, they have been lucky. Nick Folk, uh, listen, Folk was great in Dallas, but oh, for a man, while, and he had an injury. Yeah, so they've been lucky. You're right, Folk, uh, Myers, Cat and Zero. They've they've kind of, kind of fallen into it mm-hmm. this season. It seems like they're playing with fire a little bit because Myers could have been had. Um, I know, I know, kickers are up and down. Kickers are, are pretty much. They're like the bullpen in baseball. You oh, never know the re- you never know what their reliever is going to do that year. Uh, you know, save for a few stud relievers, they're very up and down. You just never know. Andre mm-hmm. Roberts, yeah, the kickoff will be eliminated eventually. We know it's coming. Um, Andre, but he is what is he? Thirty one now. Andre Roberts. Andre Roberts. He, I believe he he's at least twenty nine. I know that. Okay, so who's gonna? Who, what do you think? Who's gonna get the kickoff and punt return nods right now? Right now, that's an interesting question. I'm not really sure who at this point, but I was looking a little bit over. I was looking over at, you know, I've been very interested in these AAF games. And for the record, I think Jameson Crowder could be at least be considered in that regard. I believe he has a little bit of experience in Washington in the phenomenon, if I'm not wrong. I could be wrong about that, but I definitely think he could be considered at the very least. He was actually, I believe, a return man over at 
Duke. He does have okay. He does have a little experience looking it up. It's may it's mainly between 2015 and 2017 over in Washington, and he did pretty decent for himself over there. So I think that's definitely something something to keep an eye on. His experience is more in the punt return section, and there were two years in 2016 and 2018 that he averaged uh, double figures in return yards. Of course, that in the one in 2018 was when he only had two return yards. So we will cast that aside. Let's say one. 12.1 yards per return. That's that's decent, including an 85-yard touchdown run back in 2016. So that's pretty decent. I think he will be considered. But since I'm a, I'm a football nerd and I'm in desperate need of a social life, I have been partaking in the weekend's in the weekend's offerings of the Alliance of American Football. And one name that has very much stood out to me in terms that the Jets could you know take a look at. In fact, I'm working on a bit of an article and some AAF names the Jets could take a look at. Provided, you know, it lasts its full season, provided they don't fold at any point, which, of course, has been the rumor going around this week. But one name that stood out to me was Greg Ward Jr., a receiver on the San Antonio Commanders. Do you remember him at all, Rob? I don't think so. What was his last name again? Greg Ward Jr. You might remember him better as a quarterback, which he was over at the University of Houston. No, no, do not know him. Oh, yeah, he was a quarterback over at the University of Houston and led the Cougars to some decent wins. He led them to an opening week win over Florida State one year. In his junior year, he took them to the Peach Bowl, and they won on New Year's Eve over a ranked Florida State team. So he had some good exploits as a quarterback, converted to receiver once he started the NFL once he started the NFL draft process, went undrafted in 2017, went over to the Eagles, spent some time with their practice squad and in their training camp, ended up winning a Super Bowl ring with them, even without appearing in a game as he was on their practice squad at the time. But now he's in the Alliance of American Football and has done a very good job as their kick returner, currently second in the league in kick return yards, and has also displayed himself as a versatile talent at receiver. So I think moving forward and once the AAF season ends, whether prematurely or on schedule, I definitely think Greg Ward is a name that the Jets could keep an eye on because he could give you the kick return, he could give you the punt return. He hasn't, he hasn't done kick returns in the AAF, obviously. It's obviously all been punt returns. And he's one of two guys to take a punt back for a touchdown so far in this inaugural AAF season. So I definitely think the Jets should keep an eye on him because he could give you the punt return. He could do the kick return as well for you, I, I presume. And he could give you a versatile weapon in this offense because one thing the Jets haven't exactly been high on in recent years, I believe, is trickery. And, you know, there's been some great trick plays in New York Jets history. And just, just the other day, I fell down the procrastination rabbit hole of looking up that game between the Jets and the Buccaneers, the Keyshawn Johnson game, in which yeah. Kirk Martin found a wide open wide open wing Corbett for the touchdown. And I was thinking to myself, that is that the last successful trick play in Jets history? Let's get that back in here. And Greg Ward with his past throwing talents over in Houston, I definitely think that the Jets that could open things up a little bit. For the Jets. He actually has done it a little bit so far with the San Antonio Commanders who lead the AFC Western Conference. So I definitely think that he could provide both special team stability and a chance to open the offense a little bit more, open it up to a little football trickery and magic. That was interesting because if you remember that one, it wasn't even a pitch uh, halfback throw. It was, it was a handoff halfback throw. And it kind of, um, what was that? Was that a Herm team, right? Uh, yes, I believe was that, so. Was that, was that, uh, grow? It might, wow, I mean, you're, we're, we're dating ourselves here, right? It's either 2000 with grow or 2001 with Herm. I, I think it might have been grow, so it might have still been connected, really connected to Parcells. And yeah. if you remember Parcells, his trick play, his big trick play was the flea flicker. Yes. They, they would, they would do the handoff, they would do a handoff with the back, 
flea flicker to back to Testaverde. Parsi and that that play with Martin, the handoff to the to the the what they call it, the flashlight game, yes. uh, the flicker with Corbett instead of the star and Keyshawn. That reminded me of a Parcells play, but yeah, you're right. Now let me ask you, the AAF, how do the transactions work in terms of NFL? Do they everyone have to wait until the season ends? Everyone is, anything happens? Everyone is normal. I believe the AAF rules is everyone is normally signed to a three year contract, but if the NFL comes calling, they're let out of it. I believe that's the case. And they could in season, they could negotiate in season. I th- I think ideally they would negotiate once the season is over. But I think I think I think going in season is possible. It's just kind of not done. Yeah, you're all over this AAF. I have not been there yet. For some for some for some reason I just am. I mean, you know, I'm I'm all, I'm also looking forward to next year's uh, XFL. And I really think that we could get some stuff done there in terms of oh, our baby Vince Vince McMahon. Uh, what's the Jersey team called again for the XFL? To be determined is not is not determined yet. But McMahon said they did want to go. They did want to go towards, you know, other identities. So do not right. expect a return of the New York, New Jersey hitmen, unfortunately. Yeah, that uh, was a solid name. <laughs> that that is a great name, isn't it? Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. Oh, goodness. Wow. The XFL. But I, de- I definitely think that this is the type of guy that, that you know, the AAF could be, you know, open, open guys up to some new talent in terms of this because – I saw I saw some other guys that I think the Jets could keep an eye on. I mean, maybe they could add a kicker for their kicking competition. Remember Youngway Koo, who was formerly of the of the Los Angeles Chargers. He yeah, I believe yeah, still yeah. had a perfect mark down there. He's actually a New Jersey native. Went over to uh, Ridgewood High School. That's another guy I think the Jets could keep an eye on. I think another guy the Jets should you know at least have on their radar is defensive end Carter Schultz in that league because the Jets let's face it, I think they still need a bit of a pass rush Anthony Barr failure notwithstanding that was not going to help what the Jets were going to do with their pass rush and that's something you desperately need because you're going to be facing Josh Allen for presumably the next decade in the AFCs twice a year and also you look at the schedule this year and there are plenty of na- there are plenty of you know guys who can beat you through the air and on their feet. Guys like Dak Prescott out there. Guys like Allen. I think Carson Wentz is another one that you know could be a multi talented guy who can beat you in several ways. Baker Mayfield, you got to see again. So this is a Jets team that needs to bolster a pat ru- pass rush. And this Carter Schultz, he leads the league by far in tackles for a loss. I believe he's the only guy in double figures in the league right now, and also leads the league in sacks. So I definitely think that's another guy that Jets should have on their radar. Yeah, Eli Manning too. He'll run a read option and oh no, sixty-five, right? <laughs> hey, it worked that one time in Tampa Bay. Yeah, the blazing six-nine forty speed down the sideline. <laughs> oh. Now they they um who else did they sprinkle in on defense? Uh, Brian Poole, he's their new nickelback. Uh, everyone wants to force Nickerson in there as that slot nickelback. Mm-hmm. But right now it's Poole. Right now it's Tremaine Johnson and Daryl Roberts starting with Poole as the nickelback. Uh, Nickerson, Derek Jones, uh, Rashard Robinson. Corner is another spot that we don't talk about, that it doesn't get brought up, doesn't get that same respect because of the other glaring spots in the trenches. So, you know, corner is a position to look out for, too. Yes. I think they could do that come draft time. And right now, speaking of the draft, I think it's, I, I, I think it's very doubtful 
the Jets remain in the number three side. I think they're going to trade down. I think they're going to move forward. I think uh, that's my opinion anyway. I don't have any, you know, anything to base that on. But, you know, the way McCagden's talking, I really think he wants to get rid of this pick and some t- not get rid of, but, you know, somehow swap it for a deeper pick in the first round and get back in the second round, which could be very important moving forward. What do you think, Rob? Yeah. If I had my way, trade down. Trade down, collect assets, get multiple picks in those first three rounds because you need bodies. You need bodies. You don't need stars. You need bodies. And that is the key. You need multiple offensive linemen. You need multiple edges. You need a corner. You could draft a a receiver in a mid-round flyer. So if McCagney could trade down, that would be that would put a smile on my face right away. If he could do that and add some bodies in the trenches, that let's go. I'm ready. Trigger immediately on that. I mean, you know, maybe you could negotiate with the Giants trying to get one of the, trying to get one of those picks out of the six or the seventeen. We'll see what happens, but I definitely think they should trade down. And one other free agency now, and you know, it's exactly like you said. They really done their adding this offseason. They don't need star talent. They've done enough of that this offseason. They've done pretty well in that regard. As we open the show, if we talk about how they brought in Le'Veon Bell and they brought in CJ Mosley. So that's good. They brought in their name brand talent, the talent they wanted with this plethora of offseason funds in almost an excess of $100 million. And right now the Jets are about $26 million, I believe, left in cash cap space which i believe will you know account for their account for their draft picks and of course the leftover will probably go to you know practice squad guys and training camp bodies so i I definitely think the jets are in a good spot right now but one free agency signing that really stood out to me i wrote an article for it on elite sports new york.com was the the bringing back of henry anderson and i think that anderson you know, he really proved himself last season. He had a career year, and he got to a point where the Jets trust him to learn potentially a new defense. Of course, the transition, you know, 4-3, 3-4, that transition was what kind of forced him out of Indianapolis and allowed the Jets to bring him in via a trade. So I definitely think that's a good sign for him that the Jets are feeling more confident that he can learn something new potentially as they go forward into a new era. Yeah, and what's what's interesting about him, people kind of miss the boat. It's not about the base with him. Yes. It's not about the base defense. Okay, if they play, if they run a 3-4, he and Leo are the two defensive ends. McClendon right now, McClendon or Shepard is the nose tackle. We don't know if Shepard could do it yet. McClendon can. They need another one-technique nose tackle. In a 4-3, Henry cannot – Henry doesn't have a position because he and Leo are the same position. The one technique is McClendon. Right. Henry and Leo – are a dynamite interior pass rushing team in the sub packages. It's definitely one that could that has the potential to wreak all kinds of havoc. Yeah, in a nickel, in a four man line nickel or dime, or even a three three five. But in a four four man line nickel or dime, Henry and Leo in the interior is yeah. perfect. They're set. This is why Quinn and Williams doesn't make much sense to me with all the other holes they have. Um, and yeah, no, I, I'm. It's a great signing. It's a great move bringing him back. It's uh, I'm interested to see what he does this year. Now, are you more are you more interested in Josh Allen, the the the, the end out of Kentucky? Uh, honestly, I don't know. I think if I think I'd tri- uh, pull the trigger on Bosa if Bosa was there. Okay, I'd rather have Bosa right now. Um, I like Allen too. Um, but if they can't trade down. It's so tough, man. It's so tough because I like the left tackle, too. I like Jawan Taylor, too. 
No, it's difficult because this is the NFL draft, and there are just so many. There are so many uncertainties going around. And when you're moving forward with the Jets, when you've gone as long as without a mere playoff appearance as they have, you need to start dealing with certainties. You need to get as near to certainties as possible. Unfortunately, you're really not going to find that in the NFL draft. And they really need to. They need to. They need to get the, to the most certain parts of the draft as they possibly can. I would, if they can't trade down. Here's my wish list: Bosa then Allen, and then you force, you force it. You force a center and a left tackle, or force a center and a tackle in the third round with those two picks. Okay. okay. I don't care about best available player at third, ra- third round. I would for- there are plenty of linemen in, that, in the mid-rounds. You force a center and tackle with those third picks. That's where I'm at if no trade happens. The Jets are not in a position where they can go best player available. Best player available is a luxury afforded to teams that are the proverbial, quote-unquote, one move away from truly contending for a Super Bowl. And the Jets, while much better, don't get me wrong, while much better, and I definitely think they're going to contend for a playoff position, asking them contend to, to contend for a Super Bowl immediately might be a little much. Do you agree? Yes, and you know, best for you're right. Best player available is that, but it's what it mostly does. It it conforms a fan base. Yes, it's it's rationalization. It's a marketing ploy. It's this is why we went with this guy. So there's really no such thing. Derwin James was a 17th pick last year. Yeah, yeah. If anyone suggested he should have been the Giants' pick at two, or the Browns' pick at four, it's blasphemy. It's blasphemy because of all these mock drafts and these experts and these big boards. It's blasphemy. But it turns out he goes 17, he falls, and if we redrafted today, he'd be in the top five. Yeah, let's it, face is, it. There's no such thing as best available player. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, let's face it. Social media, in a way, has been both the best and worst thing to happen to the NFL draft, in my opinion, because it's given a platform. It's it's given us so much content. It's given us so much material, so much to think about. But it is given people who don't deserve a platform of any kind, it gives them the proverbial 240 characters to work with. That's just a scary thought. And you look at this offensive line, all the offensive line prospects in this draft, and there are plenty of interesting names here. Garrett Bradbury out of North Carolina State, he's been moving up the boards a little bit. I think he's a name the Jets could keep an eye on should they trade down to, let's call it, let's call it the 17, 18 range just for argument's sake. I'm not saying those are the trades they'll do. That they'll make because the Giants own that 17th pick, but I think Garrett Bradbury is a name the Jets should keep an eye on. Another name, Yadni Kajust out of West Virginia. I definitely think he's got the experience. He's got the talent back there. You want to go for size, you look at Caleb McGarry out of Washington. He's a definitely he's a name that I believe could fall to the later rounds. A pair of Wisconsin guys who could def, who could be a Brown, you know, come the third third round. Could be David Edwards and Michael Dieter. Connor McGovern's another Big Ten name back there. Another big, strong Big Ten name out of Penn State that I think the Jets could keep an eye on. But what they had to do, they had to assess their needs now, and they need to do their homework. And they need to, and if they are going to make a trade, they need to get it done sooner rather than later. Because the closer you get it to draft day, the more desperate all teams become and the more desperate you're going to become. And pretty soon, maybe, you know, a week, maybe three days before draft, you're going to be, you're going to be making a trade just to say you, you made a trade. So I think the jets need to get this done sooner rather than later. If they truly are thinking of moving down. Yeah. And here's my fear as a fan, since, you know, fan of this franchise, since the Bruce Coslett era. Oh, wow. Yeah. You've been through a lot. Go ahead. Oh my God. Yeah. I, Gray hair. I'm like 90% gray. It's over. <laughs> um, here's my fear. 
by the time the third day of the NFL draft rolls around, yeah, the Jets draft zero offensive linemen for the third consecutive year. That's a scary thought. That is my fear. And until proven otherwise, I, I, I'm going to sleep with those nightmares. No, it's, 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 a, it's a scary thought. And that's a thought that only intensifies when you realize they still don't have the number two pick, their second round pick. Hence, they need to get a trade done ASAP. Yeah, it's the best move. It really is. I mean, listen, it, the marketing stuff, the the sexy names with Allen and Bosa, it's it's just it's just uh, it's advertising. It's it's news. That's not the way to go here. It's just not. If you could trade down, you'd do it. And like you said, seventeen, it's a great pick. I'd love Bradbury in the middle of the line. That would be tremendous. He's definitely made a name for himself over the past few weeks, and it's kind of unfortunate for the Jets in a way who were hoping he could have fallen, fallen to a second round where they could have gotten back in. But, you know, this is this is he's done a great job for himself. We've definitely been one of the bigger winners of this draft process. So I definitely think he should be on the Jets radar and they should investigate all ways they can bring him in, be it trading down, be it be it trading back into the second round. They need to get this done again sooner rather than later. That way, the desperation doesn't strike. I think that's going to do it for our transaction talk in the early going. Let's preview. We're going to come back to you once again next week where we will be talking about the Jets uniforms. So, Rob, what do you, what, what you think is going to happen with these uniforms? This is such an interesting thing. They're, go, they're going into the city to do this, hosted by none other than Curb Your Enthusiasm, J.B. Smoove. No doubt he's going to, as his character Leon Black would say, bring the ruckus to the Jets uniform proceedings. What, do you, what are you expecting from this? Yeah, we will be there. And um, did I say I was scared about the draft? You did. About not you... drafting off it. That fear is nothing compared to this fear. <laughs> this fear is beyond any comprehension. I could even, I can't even talk about it. it, it there's no words to describe the fear. No, I can't I say it. Believe me. I, I don't understand. I, listen, we know that we know the jerseys are going to be modern. We know they're going to be modern looking. We know the alternate is going to be black. We know the numbers are going to be large. Mm-hmm. We know the helmet. I'm pretty sure the helmet's going to be green. I, I am afraid this is going to be botched and it's just going to look too modern, too crazy, and too much, too much away, far removed from the classic uniforms that Parcells brought back in '98, you know, which really, which really was phenomenal. At the no, time. you're absolutely right about that. And it kind of it did signal shift in attitude in the team a little bit, you know, a, a, a desperate way to, you know, get back to return to those glory days of the 60s. And that Jets logo, say what you will about it. It's iconic. And apparently it's going to be changed during this. I thought when I first heard that the Jets were getting new uniforms, I thought it was going to be, you know, something something minor, something, you know, just a tweak in a way, because. What I thought was coming, I thought they were going to revert back to a green helmet, thus opening up the possibility of wearing a throwback. You know, the famous the famous jet script with the wing on top, with the wing on top. I thought that's what we we had coming, something similar to what the Tennessee Titans did. And in fact, the Jets did kind of wear a similar style for that for a while. They wore the green helmet with the with the Jets oval on it. Remember during the NFL's. 1994 75th anniversary celebration so that thought that's what they were going to do but 
now that we've reached the 100th anniversary, I think we're in for something bigger. I think we're in for something drastic. I did hear that, I believe it was Christopher Johnson at, over at the NFL owners meetings. He said that the jersey, the helmets were going to be quote-unquote badass. So I definitely think that's, I definitely think something big is coming. I've seen a few mock-ups online. Some I've liked, some I've haven't. Like, some of these... When Nike took over, my biggest fe- uh, took over the NFL's jerseys. My biggest fear was that they'd go full Oregon, full or- full Arena Football League. But so far, they've been mostly reserved. Granted, there have been some misfires. I mean, look what's going on in Tampa Bay right now. But they've done some solid work. Otherwise, the Seattle Seahawks uniform, new uniforms, for example, they've grown on me. I mean, hey, as long as you go out and win on the field. Who cares, in a way? Because people people will be out there buying the jerseys. People will be out there repping the team. And people will associate the new logo with good times. And this struck me as something the Jets were holding off on until they could inject some hope, some, you know, some sort of a some sort of semblance of a future into this team. So it was definitely on their to-do list, like things to do once we got a little hope, things to do once we enter a new era, and they're hoping that these uniforms will become the face, the personified face of this transition. So it's going to be real interesting, and I'm cautiously optimistic about it, as I always seem to be, but I'm definitely looking forward to what, what's in store for us on Thursday. Let's be honest, it's Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams probably led this charge. He wants new uniforms. Yes, yeah. I, I can definitely see it. In fact, Jamal, he actually shared last offseason a photo of him, a Photoshop photo of him wearing the Jets retro jersey, more like an updated version. Those looked good. Those looked really good. They looked that, really good. Wh- whoever came up with that mock was really good. I think Darren Lee shared it too, but Darren Lee, who knows where he's going to be. Yes, that's true. I mean, he should um, Back to the free agency discussion, I think any talks involving trading down and trading into the second round should involve Darren Lee moving forward. I believe that. True, true. And, you know, Jamal, he's got – he's two years in now on his rookie deal. So anything Jamal wants, Jamal gets. Yeah, I agree. That's, should... that's a big factor here. So we'll see. Maybe, and... maybe they hit a home run and we're, we're looking at him on Thursday with J.B. Smoove doing his thing and we're loving it. It's okay. very possible. Very much looking forward to it, and it means we're just that much closer to the season starting, and that will only intensify the conversation. That will only make things more interesting, and we're looking to get you, the fans, involved at some point. We're two episodes into the Jets All The Way podcast. Thank you for your continued patronage. Rob, any final thoughts? Uh, no, I'm good, um, except for the nightmares for the next five <laughs> nights. Well... Get hopefully, hopefully get over it. Take that, take down some. Uh, what, what's what's the sleeping med that's out there? I know, I know that. Uh, I know the store Sleepies doesn't exist anymore. I know it's like Mattress Firm. So just head over to Mattress Firm to get t- take some uh, take some sleepy time tea. I know that helps me from time to time, especially with the uh, nightmares the Rangers have been providing me over recent weeks. So take some yeah. of that. And I, I, think- I think sleepy time needs a Jets version. It needs to come <laughs> in green, green with black trimming now. Like uh, it's been introduced. Hey, it's a it's a perfect thing, and Joe Tory would be a fan too. True. True. <laughs> Thanks for listening once again, folks. He's Robbie Savo. I'm Jeff Magliacchetti. Thank you for listening. We hope to see you next week. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening to Elite Sports Radio. Stay elite. Right through the very heart of it, New York, New York. I want to wake up in a city that doesn't sleep and find I'm
little town blue. 